0: Well, we're in our series uh, called The Impractical Life, which is really about what does it mean to live practically with God in a world that doesn't see God as all that practical, and what does it mean for us when we engage with the truth? I wanted you to see that clip because it talks about a worldview. All of us have a worldview, but is our worldview centered on God, and is it centered on the truths of God? Because we recognize that if we believe in God, then at some point we need to associate God with truth. Somehow, we derive our understanding of what truth is from the God who gives truth. That's a huge thing for us to understand, that not everybody gets that. Not everyone sees the world the way we do, those who believe. Listen to what it says in Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked by Him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of His glory. Those verses are about God's truth, the truth of God in His existence in bringing the message of truth, which is our salvation. It's interesting when we talk about truth, For a lot of us, we can kind of check off things about truth. We can have a list of what things are true and what things are not true. We can look at truth as as a checklist of things, or we can see it as much more than that. I think God wants us to see truth more than just a list of morals or teachings. I think God wants us to see the essence of what truth is, and that is who God is. I got my first nickname, other than Scotty, which was a family nickname. I got my first nickname when I was in the fourth grade. I was at summer camp, a church camp. I'd never been to camp before. I was pretty pumped about it. That was the youngest that kind of you could go to get to camp. Went away, and I was going to be staying overnight and all that good stuff. I was pretty excited about it. I was a pretty small kid. In fact, I was really little. I was probably the smallest kid at the camp, the, one of the youngest. I didn't weigh very much. Uh, I wasn't very tall, I was pretty scrawny, all of those things, red-headed kid, I was not what you would call an imposing figure. My counselor, on the other hand, was just the opposite. He was this incredible college guy who was a college student athlete, he was like cut out of a rock, I mean he was fast and strong, could hit a softball about a mile in the air, I mean, you just looked at this guy and you were like, wow, this guy's like it. He was amazing. And one of the things that he did, I think every other group was jealous that we had this particular guy for our counselor, but uh, one of the things that he did is he, he gave nicknames to everybody in our group, which was incredible. So he bestowed on me my first nickname, and he gave me the nickname Moose. Moose, I was anything but a moose. It's just a total opposite of what a moose was. That was me. but I love that nickname. We have nicknames. You've had nicknames in your life, some that you liked, some that you didn't like, some that are family nicknames, others that you just kind of they got stuck onto you. That's who you are. But you would hope that some nicknames at some point, those nicknames would have, somewhat of an association with the person not like mine with moose but there would be some that actually made a connection there was a guy named carl the truth williams and carl the truth williams was best known for having fought and lost to mike tyson in a heavyweight championship fight carl the truth was knocked out in the first round by tyson he didn't even land one punch Carl the Truth Williams. I don't know what his truth was, but it probably wasn't boxing, at least against Mike Tyson. We would hope that those names, those nicknames, names associated with the person, would have some kind of a connection. They would ring true with the person. Listen to how God describes Himself The names that He gives to Himself, those are important for us to listen to because God is revealing things about His character, His essence, who He really is. It says this in John 16, 13, But when He, the Spirit of truth, that's a name, when He, God, the Spirit of truth, that's the name of God, one of His names comes, He will guide you. He will guide you. Listen to what the Spirit of truth will do. He will guide you into all the truth. He's a guide into truth. He will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears. And He will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me, Jesus, because it is from me that He will receive what He will make known to you. He listens to Jesus and what Jesus is going to proclaim. All that belongs to the Father, Jesus said, is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. God is the Spirit of truth. Is that at the essence of your understanding of God that his character is based on truth? God cannot lie. God is truth. When we ask God, when we seek God, when we look for direction from God, God tells us that He will guide us into truth. We can count on it. He's not playing with us. He's not throwing a a, a wide variety of options in front of us. No, He's going to clarify things because that's His role is to guide and express the truth. I've got three kind of points today. You could go all over the map on truth today. And I'm just going to give you three if you're following along in your your notes this morning. But here's the first one. Here's the first Saturate your life with truth. What does it mean to saturate anything? It means to immerse, it means to plunge fully into, it means to absorb all that is there. To saturate your life with truth is to absorb truth around you, find truth, cling to truth. Get engaged with truth. Get in the process of interacting with what is true and right. And one of the ways we do that is by interacting with the Word of God. By spending time with God. By looking to God for His direction and purpose for us. By leaning directly into His character and to reflect who He is to absorb God into our life. To saturate our life with truth. I love what it says in 1 Corinthians 5:17. Therefore if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. That is good news. I don't know of much better news than that. The old, it's gone. That's God's job. The old is gone. The new is come. That's the truth. Whether we live that way, whether we embrace that way, whether we absorb that truth into our life or not, that's what God teaches us. If you want to know the truth about God, He wants to deal deal and do away with the old, the defeated, the pessimistic, the downtrodden, the overwhelming, the pain, the lack of purpose, listlessness. Listlessness lack of confidence god says that's that's the old i want to do away with the old god's about recreating you and me all the time that's a part of recreation that's his plan his plan and purpose is to do away with the brokenness the shifting and drifting purposeless of being defeated he wants to get away from that he wants to give you a new truth a new identity You're created and recreated anew all the time with new values, new purpose, a new mission, a new passion to live. It's calling on us to absorb that thinking, that reality. That's who God is. Listen to what John says. John says this, but when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all of the truth. He'll guide you. That's His job. How are we saturated with the truth? It's when we allow God to guide us. That's one of the steps. It is to pursue truth. It is to follow after truth. If you're on a mountain, a mountain guide and trekking along to get to some some precipice somewhere up a mountainside, you need a guide to get you there. You've never been on that trail, that path before. You follow closely after the guide. You don't wander off the pathway. You keep your eyes on the guide because they know how to get you to your destination right? You follow after that guide. I've been enough backpack trips where I've wandered off and got lost and got off the trail. took me a while to get back. But when I have a guide to guide me that I know that knows the way, I follow after that guide. That's the truth about God. The truth about God is, is that is His job. The Spirit's job is to guide you and to guide me along the steps of life. He's to get us to our destination. He's to make sure that we make the pathway that God's laid out for us. It is to pursue truth, allow God to guide us, to follow, to stay the course, and actively pursue following God. Here's the second thing. Secure your foundation of truth. Secure your foundation of truth. Interesting term. You know. Maybe you know this from Scripture, but this is one of my favorite kind of parables or stories of Jesus from Luke, uh, from Luke 6. It says this, They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When the flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. I like to watch some of those house remodel shows. (laughs) You know those shows? Anybody else watch those shows? I mean, I like those shows. I like to see like when they take this house and it's like just a disaster inside and they've got to rip out walls and they're putting in a new sink or new bathrooms, a kitchen, and it's amazing the stuff that happens. It doesn't even look like the same house at all and people are excited. They're trying to calculate how much it's going to cost to do certain things. And I'm always amazed that there's one thing that comes up in the conversation. When it comes up in the conversation, all bets are off. Man, the attitude and mood changes in that room when somebody says, I think we've got a foundational problem. When that word foundation comes into the equation, everything changes. It doesn't matter whether it's just a little minute crack in the foundation. It is what? It's It reveals that there are deeper issues. There are serious problems. If you have problems with your foundation, you have serious problems. And you have to deal with that. If you don't deal with foundational issues in your life, you'll struggle in those areas. Right? We know that. We've all battled some areas of life that are very challenging and kind of shake our foundation a bit. Secure your foundation. A little bit further, the next verse says, But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice, does not put them into practice. That's kind of key. Might want to underline that in your notes. Does not put them into practice. Is like a man who built a house on the ground, on, a, on the ground, without a foundation. And the moment the torrent struck the house, it collapsed, and its destruction was complete. My family, we had a cabin in the Redwoods in Northern California, and every summer we would go there And on our way up to our cabin, just before you got to our cabin, was a little town. And in this town, it's kind of like a summer area. It's kind of like summer cottages sort of thing. But on the way into town, there was an area that that had about eight or ten of these little cottages. And you could rent them during the summer, and you could go to the river, and you could spend your time there, and it was really nice. But every year, as we would drive into town and go past, you always wondered what state those cottages would be in. Because when the floods came in Northern California, and they came almost every year, they would knock those cottages off those small, if any, foundations that they had. So when you'd gone by, you didn't know if those little cottages would be up against the mountainside or tipped over sideways or down near the river or whatever, and then they'd always kind of get re put back up. But a lack of foundation. A lack of foundation. Our lives can be like that, can't they? If we don't have a firm foundation when things hit us of difficulty, they can rock us off of a foundation. Truth is what gives us a solid foundation, and the truth is God speaking into our life. Truth provides a pathway for us to follow. It is the building of a solid, lasting, strong house. Truth provides the blueprint by which we live. Truth is confidence. Truth is knowing that God is the one that we trust in. Truth is what gives us a secure spiritual life. More than just protecting our lives, truth gives us life and hope. Truth separates what is real from what is not. Truth separates what is real from what is not. It helps us clarify the real and the not so real. We sometimes shade the truth. Sometimes we live with gray areas in the truth, in our mind, or even in our conversation. Sometimes we're challenged about something we might hedge a bit. We might not use the complete story. We might only believe one part is needed, or we only live a certain part of truth, and then we wonder why there's a crack in our foundation We wonder why it is that our prayer life doesn't seem to be so strong or why God isn't answering or why we can't seem to get clarity with our purpose when we shade the truth. God God has nothing to do with shading the truth because it's His character, His nature to be truth, to be true. Truth separates what is real from what is not real. In a book called How People Grow, Cloud and Townsend, these two writers, give us great insights into truth's resources. They talk about key ingredients or the building materials that makes truth strong in our lives. Listen to these. They're creating a growth environment for truth. If you're serious about growing as a Christian person, a Christ follower, listen to these and think about are they reflective of the environment that you're creating so that truth can grow in you. Here's the first, a spiritual context where God is seen as central to growth. In other words, is God at the heart of who you are? When you encounter any difficulty, challenge, or whatever comes along your path, is God engaged with you? Are you engaging God in the process of discovery through that? Is God a part of the decisions that you're making? The thoughts as you process what's going on. Are you trying to figure out everything on your own? Or are you absorbing God into your process? A second, abiding human relationships that are loving and truthful. Well, what he's saying there is, do you have loving people who will speak truthfully into your life? Are there people that can speak the truth to you to help you stay on track? to give you correction, to encourage you to do that in a loving way? Are there people that you can trust to love you? A third one is experience and competence in particular areas of growth. What that means is, are there things that I'm engaging in? Am I doing? Am I active? Am I utilizing my giftedness? Am I putting it into practice so that I can grow in my understanding of how God made me? Am I experiencing the life of truth in the person God's created me to live out? Are you living out in the power of God and the gifts that He's given you? Here's the next one. Enough time for the process to take hold. I'm impatient. I want God to answer my prayers right now. I want Him to take care of the needs I have. I want Him to make sure that this person is okay over here and that's taken care of over there and that... My kids know exactly what they're supposed to do and that they're doing it right now. I'm impatient. But sometimes truth takes time. It takes my ability to slow down a bit and allow the roots of my patience with God to go deeper. I need a truth that is deeper when I encounter the challenges of life. I may be impatient. It's not God's time. I may be impatient, and it's not God's way. I may be impatient because I need to grow stronger. How patient are you? Are you allowing God to take hold of your life and give Him time to deal with things in your life? And here's the last one they said. A structure of framework that fits the needs of the growers. Okay, what does that mean? Well, what they're saying is you need to discover who you uniquely are and are you in a relationship with God so that the structure of how God's made you, He can best access who you are. He can help you deal with the person you are. He knows exactly your personality, your character. Are you allowing Him to connect with you and grow you? I love it that they use that term growers. Throughout this book, it's a wonderful book, but throughout this book... They refer to people who are Christ followers, who are serious about growing in their faith as growers. I love that. You and I are growers. We're meant to grow. We're not stagnant. We're not weeds. We're not thrown in a burn pile. That's not God's purpose. God's purpose is to grow you. Are you growing? Are you desiring to grow? Do you want to go deeper with God and stronger with God, bigger with God, finding and discovering with God? That's what it means to be a grower. Here's the third one and final one. Commit your life. Commit your life to living the truth. Commit your life to living the truth. I love this quote from Oz Guinness. He said, We are not primarily called to do something or to go somewhere. We are called to someone. We are not called first to special work, but to God. The key to answering the call is to be devoted to no one and to nothing above God Himself. Is that good? Isn't that good? Not all of my striving and wanting to do everything and get everything a cup. No. No, first and foremost, am I committed to God? Solely. Am I sold out to God? To commit your life to the truth is to commit your life to God. You can't separate those two things. Because God, in reality, God is the truth. It's where truth comes from. It comes from Him. John 14, 17 says, the spirit of truth to be with you forever. The world cannot accept this counselor, this truth giver, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you, and catch this, and will be in you. That's not my words, that's God. God, the truth giver, says, here's the deal. If you want to know the truth, you need to recognize a truth, and that truth is that God is in you. God is absorbed in you. God has given himself to you. God is saturating you with himself. How do you respond to that kind of a God that would pour his very life into you? There's a book uh, that John Ortberg wrote, and in one of the chapters of his books, one of the chapter titles is, How to Cross a Threshold. How to Cross a Threshold. And in it, he points out that we are faced with constant opportunities that come to us like doorways. Listen to what he says. He said this, I am not in charge of which doors will be presented to me, Through my life, I may not be able to force a closed door open. I'm not in charge of what's behind the door. But I am in charge of one dynamic. When a door is opened, I get to choose how I will respond. Sometimes it's what you do after the door opens that makes all the difference often what matters most is not the decision I have made, but how I throw myself into executing it well. It's better to go through the wrong door with your best self than the best door with your wrong self. Sometimes the way I go through the door matters more than which door I actually go through." People loved Teddy Roosevelt because of his irrepressible exuberance. People loved to be around him because he was going for it all the time. He embraced life. He never entered a door or a commitment half-heartedly. He chose not to be that kind of person at all. He was in whatever he was doing, he was in. He was all in. Teddy Roosevelt had that irrepressible characteristic about him he was all in I don't know what you're going through I don't know what doors are standing before you right now they may be incredibly challenging doors they may be doors where you don't know what's on the other side they may be doors that don't put you at peace but you know that that's the door God's calling you to go through it isn't about being at peace it's about being obedient to God It's about going through the doors that God places before you. It's about requesting from the Spirit of truth to guide you through the right doors. But in your going through the doors, don't just limp across the threshold. Enter into that door when it opens up, no matter how painful or challenging it might be, with the exuberance of knowing that the God of life, the giver of truth, The one who guides you is taking you through that door. And He has a purpose in doing it. And you can be exuberant in going through it, as challenging as it may be. Because you're the bringer of life because you have God's Spirit in you. And God's bringing you through a door with a purpose for your life. I don't know what door you're going through. I don't know what lays out ahead of you. But God wants to walk through those doors with you, never send you in alone. Choose wisely the doors you go through, but allow the Spirit of God, who you've saturated yourself with, take you through with confidence. Take you through as a new person filled with truth. Living in the power of the truthful God, who guides and loves us as we go. There is a great way to go through a door, any door. Go through it with all your heart. Because when you go through a door with God, you've got it all. You have the one who brings confidence, the one who brings hope, and the one who will guide. He'll provide the resources through that door. But go through it with your whole heart. So I have a gift for you today. I have a gift for you today. You can just reach out and pull it out. It's 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 right in front of you. I want you to pull it out right now. It's in that little seat back right in front of you. Don't read it right now. Just listen to me for a second. This little booklet, My Heart, Christ's Home, was written by a Presbyterian pastor years ago named Bob Munger. And let me tell you something. This is one of the most powerful little booklets that I have ever read in my life. And I want to give it to you. But I want to give it to you with an assignment. I want you to read it. And I'd like you to read it today. It won't take you long. But what it will do is this. It will remind you of where your heart is. And if you're a person who desires to be a grower, to be a disciple that follows hard after God, that seeks the truth of God, you've got to start with your connection to God. You've got to start with your heart. This will help you take a look at your heart. I read this periodically in my life. It is a great reminder to me of where my heart is and where it needs to be. So that's my gift and that's my assignment to you. Will you do it? Will you start? You take just a few minutes today and sit down in a quiet place somewhere and read this little booklet and allow God to talk to your heart. Hey, let's pray.